Shields and Vortex Optics are giving away a Polaris Ranger XP1000 valued at $17,000. The Shields Dream Ride giveaway runs from July 26th to August 27th. Register now at shields.com slash win. Welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast. My name is Mike Anderson, and with me today is Eric Gephardt, a.k.a. Chef Eric with Kamado Joe. He's here with us today because of Barbecue and Hunting University. So he's going to be coming in. He's going to be training our associates on the latest and greatest in barbecue and probably going to be doing a little grilling competition too, aren't we? Yeah, just a little bit, you know, super stoked to be here uh, with Shields in North Dakota. It's my first time, so uh, uh, super pumped up. And we brought some pretty impressive kits with us with the Kamado Joes and Master Built. So we're, we're, we're ready to rock and roll. Oh, that's exciting. So, um, you know, for the people that don't really understand university, like, what is it all about? Why are you really here? Sure. So, you know, it's an opportunity to get some face time and really allow everybody to get their hands on the product, right? So, you know, it's it's one thing to sell a product. It's another thing to believe in it and live the lifestyle. And then it's just fun instead of a job. And I think that's one thing that Shields does a great job with these universities is bringing experts, subject matter experts in who really are passionate about their jobs. And then that passion is just contagious and it bleeds through. You know, and I, I, I have just so enjoyed this last day and a half of hanging out with everybody here. Your, your culture is just sharing and hospitality, and I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped up, you know. So the university has been a great experience for me thus far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and you know, you, you hit the nail on the, on the head there, just, you know, being able to use stuff and become super passionate about it. It just, it just makes it that much easier to you know, to help others get into that as well. It's one thing to know a a manual from front to back. It's another thing to be like, yo, I just cooked a pizza on this thing last night. Let me tell you what's up. You know, they tell you you want to do 450 degrees, but I like 550. Like it's gems like that. It's it's real hands-on experience that makes it an authentic experience to shop, not just to own a Kamado Joe, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. And, and you know, to be honest with you, I haven't, I haven't used a Kamado Joe before any, any of those styles. Like I've, I've done the pellet grill thing. I've done the, you know, the griddles, but I I really haven't done those. Can you, can you explain like what sets you guys apart or what you really do well? Yeah. So it's a, you know, Kamado Joe is a, is a ceramic grill and uh, you know, it's based on a 3000 year old Southeast Asian cooker and it's the best of both worlds, right? When you, when you think about uh, what you want to add to your culinary arsenal in your backyard, you want the best low and slow smoker and the best fast and furious sear. And so with the Camaggio, you're able to use natural lump charcoal and smoke, you know, for 16 hours at a time without adding additional charcoal, or you're able to get up to like 
you know, 1200 degrees Fahrenheit if you want to. I don't know why you would want to get to 1200, <laughs> but, but it's, a, it's, it's nice to have the options. Because you can. Exactly. You know, <laughs> it, it might be nice if we were like reverse searing, you know, ribeye tomahawks and, and we just wanted that blister sear on the outside, that caramelization. So I, and we've got all kinds of fun accessories that fit into the grill itself to create different sear signatures and heat signatures to provide that different experience. Uh, and, and I would say, you know, you mentioned uh, pellet grills. Kamado Joe is different in the fact that you're actually interacting with the flame. So, uh, you know, so much of what you guys do is just outdoor lifestyle. I, you know, some people relax on a Friday. You know, they'll open a bottle of wine and pour themselves a glass, and they're relaxed before they even take their first sip. Building the fire, for me, is what quickens my pulse, but lowers my blood pressure. When, I, when I'm in there and making my little charcoal cave and I, and I light the fire, I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about what's going on with you know, social media or my phone. It's almost an exercise in being in the moment, mindfulness, being present. And, uh, and that's what I love about it. So before we even get the food to the grill or before we're even serving people, because that's a lot of folks that, that on the Kamado Joes, they, they get so much joy for serving others. Uh, you're relaxed, you're in the zone, you're scratching that primal itch, you're playing with fire. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's just a beautiful thing. And, and as an outdoorsman myself, that's what originally drew me to Kamado Joe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a great escape. And then at the end, you get to eat some delicious <laughs> reap food. The, reap the, the benefits. <laughs> yeah, reap the benefits. Exactly. So what, uh, what first got you into grilling and cooking? Yeah, well, I'm an Eagle Scout from Hillsborough, North Carolina, a small little historic town. But we, uh, we'd spent a lot of time in the woods. And, you know, part, part of that was, was nighttime building the fire. Uh, I can remember, you know, at age... 12 being on the Appalachian Trail with my mom and she you know you're hiking 50 miles you're, you're out there for three four days she was able to build a three-layer chocolate cake out of a cardboard box uh, you know coals from the fire and some aluminum foil and I can remember just being mesmerized by that and the flavors and the you could you could take you know baking desserts on on a on, with live fire and having that slight essence of smoke in there. I mean, it's just, just, I never, I got bit by the bug and I could never freaking scratch. I, I, I continue to go back to that, to that time and, and, and point in history and just like, I can never recreate it, but I continue to try every single time I cook. And I, I try to make those experiences for other people, those aha moments, those, those, you know, hair tingling moments, uh, uh, through culinary arts. That's mm -hmm. beautiful stuff. That's super cool. And you know, I, I purposely ate before <laughs> I, <laughs> before having this podcast. So it's like, I don't hear my stomach grumbling and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden you go into desserts. So it's like, God, well, I didn't have myself some dessert. Now I'm hungry again. Let me tell you. So, <laughs> so, so on today's menu, uh, you know, we're we're gonna smoke a, a a New York strip, an E3 beef New York strip loin, like the whole loin. Whoa. But also on that grill, we're gonna have some Red Bliss mm. and and Yukon Gold potatoes. So, as the drippings of the New York strip hit the charcoal and caramelize, that smoke raises up and is what is seasoning the potatoes, right? So the potatoes are above. They're not, the fat isn't dripping into the potatoes. Just the caramelized smoke of the New York Strip fat cap 
dripping down on the coals, caramelizing, coming up as blue smoke or seasoning the potatoes as they cook. And then we put a little goose fat on there to make them a little bit more, more luxurious. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it's so interesting how you can, you can tap into the flavors as something is cooking. So we'll take that New York strip to an internal temperature of like 115, all right? That's, that's, that's still very rare. We'll slice it open lengthwise, not cutting into steaks, but lengthwise, and then season the newly revealed side. So the exterior of this New York strip has all the benefit of low and slow smoke. It's got a bark on it. It's got the Maillard reaction. This is the same sensation as like uh, brewing coffee or, or the smell of fresh baked bread. This is, this is proteins have turned to sugars by the amino acids changing, the, 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 the caramelization slow and slow of the Maillard reaction. But then we're going to season that new side that we just revealed and blister sear at 700 degrees. So it's going to have both low and slow bark and fast and furious caramelization. And then you slice it across the grain, lights out good. Lights out good, I'm telling you. With those potatoes oh, too, man. I almost forgot about the potatoes. Oh, <laughs> I, I need to make it over there yeah. and, and, and try that stuff out. It's a, it's a culinary jungle gym. You know, you, you, mm -hmm. you got so many different options and, and sky's the limit, you know, and, and, and we're, we're at a very interesting time in history with barbecue right now. You know, is it a noun? Is it a verb? You know, when you say it in Kansas. Is it a lifestyle? It's totally <laughs> lifestyle, you know, but if you're in New York, you know, barbecue means anything that touches the grill. You're, you're doing barbecue. And in mm -hmm. North Carolina, it means pork. And in Kansas and in North Dakota, it probably means beef, you know, or you're using tomatoes tomato products and it, you can almost identify where someone is from based upon what barbecue means to them and what their sauce is yeah, mm -hmm. pretty rad and I've been fortunate enough to travel the world with Kamada Joe you know I'm in Germany I'm in Australia I'm all across Europe all across the United States Canada down in Baja like all over the place and it's it's the people portion we've all got to eat so you darn well better make it interesting and 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 that's what cooking has become it's just a vessel to communicate with people and, and throw high fives yeah it's just that's really the beauty of outdoor cooking you can make it whatever you want you can just let your creativity flow you know it's not going to be perfect every time you gotta try new things not be afraid to fail absolutely I, you know our good friend anthony bourdain said you know that the only way you're going to experience the great meals if you're not afraid to have a bad one Mm -hmm. You got you got to stretch outside your comfort zone a little bit. You got you got to push the envelope. And, and you know, and so when we're getting started into grilling, and there's so many people, you know, we're we're, we're getting post pandemic now, are getting on the other side of this thing. There's so many people who are forced to cook at home for the first time, and uh, you know, they're getting these beautiful grills and they're learning, learning, learning. I, I I've kind of changed my focus from you know, flexing this culinary muscle of 20 years of being chef around the world and saying, here's what's possible on the grill to really saying, all right, here's a whole new generation of grillers that have just kind of been thrust into it. Let's focus more on 101 fundamentals, back to basics, blocking and tackling, and, and using this tool um, that's going to bring your family back to the table. You know, and it's just been far too long that we've 11% of meals in the United States are eaten in the car, you know. So I, mm -hmm. I, I, I think there's, there's some upsides to, to recent history, but it, part of it, bringing family back to the table. And when you have a live fire apparatus like a Kamada Joe, you light it up, people are drawn to it. 
I mean, people stand around it and tell stories. Uh, after the meal is cooked, you open the lid up and you've got a nice flame there, and maybe it's a cool night and people are just hanging out. You know, that's, these are the lifestyle things. It's more than just creating a meal and feeding the machine. It's getting in there and telling stories, you know? Yeah, exactly. So what, um, what are the best benefits to your convection style and how does it how does it work exactly you know like like i said i i haven't used a kamado joe before but i'm very curious on it um sure why, why would i get one yeah um you know it's a very healthy way to cook you're not using a lot of saturated oils and fats you know so you, you think about grilling salmon or wild game for instance you know just a little bit of i mean there's almost no better way to you to, to cook a fresh product than freaking salt and pepper. <laughs> so, as you want to accentuate what it is, not 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 take it for a ride, you know. So I, I think it, you build this fire that we talked about earlier in the bottom of the grill, and then you've got to decide what's my temperature going to be. And you've got two ways to 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 alter that temperature. The bottom has a draft door. The top has a control tower. So as the fire is burning in the firebox, it is sucking in ambient air, creating convection, and kicking out hot air. If you've got the draft door on the bottom open all the way top, and that and the control tower on top open all the way, it's going to get hot, 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 hot. Right. Uh, if you're looking to do indirect, you've got these cool little deflector shields put in over the fire, and it creates kind of a, a, a natural fire oven at that point. And so you can low and slow cook a pork butt at 250 degrees for eight hours. Uh, and what happens is, you know, the smoke comes up, it hits the dome and self-bastes, and then goes out the top, but it's slowly but surely heating this thing to the center, and what happens inside is the collagen, the fat, there's two types of fat, collagen and elastin. The collagen breaks down and turns into gelatin. And that's what happens when meat gets really delicious, right? It, it starts getting that wobble to it that just, mm -hmm. and it, it pulls. You get, if there's a bone in it, you just slide it right out, you know? And that's where, you, that's where you get your barbecue. Or you can go on the other side of this and keep the draft door open, keep the control tower open, and then we're, you know, maybe six, 700 degrees, and perhaps we're searing scallops on a soapstone. You know, but we close the lid just a little bit because the fuel source itself is also the secret ingredient. It adds flavor, you know, so natural lump charcoal. It's a three-week process at a very low oxygen and low burn rate to get this beautiful natural lump charcoal. You light it, and it's got that flame-kissed, slightly, what is that? Why do I like this so much? Tapping into that prime primality that we all have. Uh, and, and, it, and it's wonderful. So I think why you want to come out of Joe is because it is the world's best low and slow smoker, live fire low and slow smoker. And you've got the ability to, to, to sear at a very high elevated level, you know, and then anything in between. So it's kind of everything that you want. Uh, and, and there's, there's, there's some things that, that make it really interesting too with the accessories that we do. You can have a rotisserie on there. You know, there's nothing better than a, a whole bird or a, or a fatty ribeye that is rolling on rotisserie and as it's rendering out, it's self-basting itself. Now I'm getting hungry, <laughs> you yeah, know, um, yeah, but it, but it's, 
I'm continually drawn to the flame and drawn back to the capabilities of this grill. And it's truly changed my life. My last restaurant had 15 of these grills in it. You really? Know? Yeah, it was That's huge. Wild. It was huge. We, we cooked everything on it. It was about 300 seat restaurant. And uh, I have made every single mistake there is you can make on a Kamado style grill. There's no question about it. And I, and mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of what positions me in a unique scenario to be really good at what I do for Kamado Joe. I'm, I, I got some fluff title, I forget what it is. It's like director of culinary inspiration or something. You know? <laughs> it's like, really it's chief dishwasher, you know? We, but uh, uh, it's, it's a joy to cook. It sporterizes cooking. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it can be intimidating for some to interact with live flame, but you think a lot about a lot of the, 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 the pellet grills and stuff, and it's hard to get over 450, 500 degrees, and you never see the flame. I, I think, I think it's, it's not a different user. It's just somebody that's looking for a little bit more out of their grill. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I mean, kind of the, kind of the holdup seems to be just intimidation of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a little bit different to use, but as long as you're not afraid to fail every once in a while, like you're going to pick it up, you're going to learn it. And then you're just going to broaden your cooking horizons. Yeah. It's great to add to your culinary arsenal. I, I would suggest this, you know, to take the intimidation factor out of it completely, use less charcoal. It's that the temperature's not going to get away from you. You're actually, your fire's going to start faster because you're not clogging airflow. You've got great airflow. So by using less charcoal uh, and banking it to one side and lighting that fire, uh, you're turbo starting your grill. And, and by limiting the amount of fuel, you've limited the, the, you know, the top heat that you're going to get. So it's not going to get 800 degrees on you. You know, it's not going to climb, 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 climb. So mm -hmm. there is a learning curve to it, but what a wonderful journey. Yeah. What a absolutely. delicious journey. You, you can say that about <laughs> a lot of things, but yeah, you're, you're spot on. So, I mean, are there, are there hot spots in this grill or is it all the, like exactly the same everywhere? How does that dynamic If you work? bank your coals to one side, it's a great way to isolate the heat signature, use less coal and still get that blistering sear. If you, you know, and it comes with an ash tool. When you use your ash tool and, and move the, the coals so they're flat on the bottom, that's one of the benefits of the ceramic grill. So it's radiant heat. It's made out of ceramics, thick ceramic. So when you think about cooking chicken, say on a gas grill, and I just say chicken because everybody knows how to cook chicken, right? Or everybody, everybody attempts it anyway. Uh, it, it, when you turn the, the flames all the way up and you put said chicken on the grill grates and then you close the dome, these thin metal domes are just shedding energy and it's pushing, pushing heat up, pushing heat up from the bottom and pushing air as well. So you're actually drying out your food in a very unergonomic way. It's, it's a lot of energy and heat source that's not even being used to cook the actual chicken. And as it's, it's hitting the top, that's just shedding, shedding, shedding. When you look at a Kamado Joe, all that heat that you use is soaked up in the, in the thick ceramic. And now you've got radiant 360 heat hitting this chicken and pinpoint accurate hitting that internal temperature you want, keeping it the moist chicken you've ever had in your entire life. My aha moment was a, was a spatchcock chicken, cutting the backbone out, flattening it out, 
cooking it in direct, uh, you know, for about 45 minutes. And it was the best bird I've ever had in my entire life. I was like, okay, this, there is something to this. It, it, it really is remarkable. Um, but, but as that dome sucks up the energy, you're, 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 it's just a very ergonomic and, and incredible way to, to cook meats, vegetables, and seafood and desserts. As we, <laughs> as we talked a little bit, and some of those desserts I'd like to do key lime pies. Uh, I like to do a, a chocolate lava cake on there. Uh, sopa baracha, which is Nicaraguan bread pudding uh, called Whoa. drunken soup. It's got a bourbon sauce out of this world. We, we won uh, Top Chef Wilmington with that dish. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. I definitely never heard of it before, but yeah. now that you've explained it, it sounds it sounds pretty interesting and delicious. It's incredible. And, and for those of you who are interested in, in you know, seeing more of, of these recipes and the grills themselves, check out the Kamada Joe YouTube channel. I have a, a video that drops every Saturday at 3 o'clock Eastern. So, uh, you know, 100% of these recipes, methods, how to start the fire. We discuss all these things every Saturday. And uh, you know, I hope people can use me as a resource, too. Uh, Instagram is the best way to get at me, at Eric Gephardt. I answer 100% of the culinary questions asked to me. So um, use me as a resource if you can. Very cool. And, yeah, I mean, social media and YouTube, it's just it's a great way to learn new things and just find new experiences. You know, people get so set in their ways, like, I'm making burgers today, I'm making ribs the next day. But there's just there's such a world of possibilities out there. Yeah, and I think tapping into, like, being a local for it's kind of cool too. Like there's so many cool local ingredients or, you know, perhaps a neighbor just brought in a white tail, you know, like, yeah, you know how to cook backstrap, but what if, what if we looked up a recipe real quick to take one of those hindquarters and, 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 and cure it like a ham and have some venison ham, you know, throw it on the, throw it on the smoker and try that for Thanksgiving. You know, Ooh, I mean, interesting. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And I, I say that from experience. That's a lot of fun. That's a great cook because when you put sweet in the brine for, for something that is very lean, like a lot of wild game is it, 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 your brain perceives it as moisture content. And so by, by ham curing these things, oh, it's fantastic. I, I will hands down give my neighbor's backstrap and keep the, keep the, keep the hams for myself every time. Every okay, time. well, I, I want to do this now on the, <laughs> on the next deer that I shoot. Yeah. So can, can you just walk me through the process? Yeah, so so we'll do, we'll do like a, you could do a three-day brine or a three-hour brine, but it depends on the size of the deer, you know. Let's, let's say you've got your, your average size deer, you've got, the, you've got the back leg, and you want to you just have like, I don't know, Let's say you want enough liquid to be able to cover the entire the entire bone and piece of meat, right? Uh, so let's do half. Let's do a gallon of water, uh, a cup of salt, and a cup of sugar. Bring it to a simmer. Use a whisk until you can't see sugar or salt anymore. Maybe you throw some peppercorns in there. Maybe you throw some bay leaves in there. Whatever, whatever you got, uh, and then dump ice in it. Uh, let's let's say like uh, uh, two. Uh, two quarts of, of ice to, to cool the water down a little bit and then put that leg in there. Let's call it, let's call it three days. All right. Uh, equal parts, sugar, salt, whatever aromatics you want, maybe a little garlic. Uh, oh, got to throw a little garlic. Yeah, got to throw a little garlic. <laughs> and, and the hardest part about this is just 
you know, finding a cooler you can spare for three days, uh, you know, or, or, or finding some real estate in the refrigerator for three days. And you want to you want to have this piece of meat submerged in that liquid and then take it out, dry it off and then slow smoke it till it comes to a, you know, when I say slow smoke, I mean like 225. Put a little bit of smoke on it, not too much. And we're going to we're going to let that go for probably two hours, hour and a half, two hours. Let's go, let's go hour and a half. And that's going to bring us to an internal temperature of about 150, 145, 150. And then let it cool, slice it thin, hold the bone up and slice up and down. And you're going to get these beautiful ribbons. And that's just, and mm. they're going to taste just like ham, but it's your venison ham. And it, it's stunning. And especially why not for like, I mean, Thanksgiving, I know we're kind of far away from it right now, but Maybe you got to do a couple of practice cooks. Yep, you know what exactly. I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you want you want to use those, uh, uh, you know, those, those those quarters and the front quarters are good too. You know, I mean, I, I I'm a you're cutting cutting around the ligaments and stuff, but just thin slices and it's just a, it's just amazing, amazing. I do goat that way too. Mm, very nice. So, uh, you know, I've I've struggled with getting my family to eat venison. You know, like a, a lot of times we'll just you know turn it all into jerky because you know my wife's not the biggest fan of venison. Just like I, I got know, a sauce for got, you. Got it in the head or whatever, but yeah. like new ways of cooking it. That's that's super interesting to me, and hopefully you know hopefully the viewers enjoy that too. I want to share a recipe with you, and I don't know if you can attach it to the end of this video. I don't know. I can we can it, figure it I out. I can get it to you today. It's it's called a Cape Town glaze, and for anybody who's like, oh, it's too gamey, you know, it, it's really not right. Um, but this Cape Town glaze is stunning on wild game, and I have not, I have yet to come across a person who at the beginning of the meal uh, didn't like wild game. By the end of the meal, they did. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, this, this Cape Town glaze is, is, is really nice. I put it on lamb a lot, um, but just by, just by taking whatever, whatever it is, and let, let's, 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 call it, let's call it a shoulder, uh, by taking a knife and poking holes all around it and then studding pieces of ginger and pieces of garlic in it, and then in a pot, you've got ginger, garlic, mustard, soy sauce, brown sugar. You simmer that up, and then and then perhaps we've got it on a rotisserie, or you, know, you want to marinate it in that mustard, soy sauce, brown sugar, ginger, garlic uh, um, liquid, and then you're basting with a rosemary brush as it goes. I mean, it is. I'm gonna have to walk out of this podcast and go cook this now. Like I'm, <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. Do you have? We're gonna, we're in gonna your have freezer? to take a commercial break. Here. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Like, I, like I, I'm just convinced right now. I've only got another day left here in Fargo, but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna bypass all my plans to go downtown and check it out and and go go do this cook. Cause like, <laughs> I just talked myself into it. <laughs> oh, funny. So, well, you know, you strike me as a guy that, uh, that probably has a story or two. So I want to, I want to hear a story about something that you had no idea it was going to turn out just anticipated failure, but it turned out to be like one of the best things you ever cooked put me on the spot yeah I um, you know as a guy who travels for a living shows up in a town that he doesn't know doesn't speak the language and has to find grocery stores 
best meat purveyors, seafood purveyors, turning hotel rooms into triage prep centers. Uh, I would say every meal is, is kitchen impossible. <laughs> uh, but you know, and, and, and the things that you think that you really fret about when you're two hours away from, from serving 400 people, uh, and you don't know how you're going to make it work, but you already spent the money and you already re- you've already got it going. You, you just, you're just missing that connection piece. Those are the things that end up becoming your next favorite menu item because you find that one connection piece. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll give you, for instance, I didn't know how I was going to do my potatoes today. Uh, I put them in the grill, you know, I was roasting them slow. The New York strip happened to be in there. And then I opened the grill and I saw what was occurring. It was no brilliance of mine to say that we're going to smoke these potatoes with the dripping fat of the New York strip, you know, and, and let that blue smoke season them. It just, it happened. And I was like, this is, if I ever open another restaurant, this is going on the menu. You know what I mean, and and what better way to pair a side dish with it with its its main main piece than than to smoke it with the drippings of it, um, but to but to go back in history, I mean, I you know I I've been to some pretty incredible places and in some pretty sticky situations uh, culinary wise. Spent spent some good time with Anthony Bourdain in the Cayman Islands, um, prep prepping up prepping up until three in the morning and. And drinking Negronis until the sun came up, you know, and, and then and then and then rolling rolling out cooking for two three hundred people, you know, uh, being in Germany and just not knowing a single person, and then all of a sudden meeting somebody in a grocery store and they're they're a Michelin star chef, and you, you spend an incredible night in their kitchen with their family and friends. I mean, the, we've all got to, uh, you know, we've got that in in common with each other, and. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm riding in, a, in an Uber from the airport to here and talking with a young man who's a refugee from Africa driving Uber. And, you know, I was like, you know Fufu? He's like, I haven't heard somebody talk about Fufu in a long time. That's, that's my favorite food. You know, I like <laughs> making connections with people has got to be my favorite thing to do. You see somebody smiling, you know what I mean? Just like a, like a happy person, you know, they got a favorite food. So I, so I, I know I'm dodging the question a little bit, but I'm, I'm kind of going off on this tangent. Like my favorite thing that I never know how it's going to work out is how to get from point A to point B. And we might hit the entire alphabet before we get there. But, but, but in the end, it's always 100% been an incredible journey and it's just all worked out just don't burn your stuff just mm-hmm. don't burn it yeah, as long <laughs> as you don't burn it you can still you still got you still got a hope and a prayer you know what I yeah, mean exactly and you know, we mean, chefs don't call it burning we call it over caramelizing mm. euphemistically that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> great way to put it yeah great way to put it but I but I love the people portion of cooking um you know I'm trying to think of a recipe that hadn't worked out for me. It should be staring me in the face. I mean, I think cooking for kids is something that doesn't work out for me time and time again. You know, I mean, I'm so excited. Like maybe the little ones are gonna gonna try this this time and eat this, and the six year old's like, "Nope, it's still pasta and hot dogs for me." You know? Mm, yeah, the- I, I feel your pain there. I got a five year old at home, <laughs> yeah. and you know, she's definitely willing to try some new things. That's the important. Thing. But yeah, that that hot dogs and the you know, like on. your 
air fryer chicken nuggets. Like, come on, honey, broaden your horizons a little bit. I, I spent a lot of time on this. You got to at least try it, please. <laughs> Sometimes you got to disguise it, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good way of doing it. I got bad luck. So one thing that didn't work out for me, I, I tried this beautiful dish. I was a chef in Naples, Florida for a while. And we were, we were mincing up shrimp uh, and doing this Thai dish with it. Uh, a lot of lemongrass, ginger, garlic, scallions, a little, little, little sake, uh, and and blitzing up shrimp with all that, and then forming it into lines and putting skewers and roasting it, and we made these like really cool shrimp sticks, you know. And so it's like, all right, she's in. She likes shrimp sometimes. Uh, maybe I can make a shrimp chicken nugget with this old recipe that I had and I altered it and this and that and I tried to tell her it was a, a chicken nugget just to see her eat it and see if she did <laughs> she called me out you know like I she didn't get close to it I think if I'd been honest I would have had a better shot but she just looked mm -hmm. at me like you can't fool a six-year-old yeah know? that's get, get just out. way too different than a chicken nugget <laughs> like, get out of town you know and I yeah, didn't they're I just didn't. too smart for their own good sometimes too smart for me that's for sure <laughs> But I, I, yeah, so cooking, cooking for the family is, is great. Uh, and that's, that's one thing that I've really enjoyed owning is getting the protein, the vegetable, whatever side might be going on and the sauce to the table, hot with everybody sitting down, you know, and that, and that's the trick, right? Cause I got, mm -hmm. I, I got two little ones running around barefoot in the Creek. It's like, all right, everybody get up here. Let's do it. You know, and, and, and one, and one thing I'd tell the viewers, take a little stress out of it, have the kiddos start setting the table. That's something we did. You know, we're getting out of, getting out of, uh, making kiddos do stuff. We got to put them back to work. You know, <laughs> like if, if you want a kid to eat something off, off the grill or out of the oven, you've got a 50% greater chance if they help cook it. Mm-hmm. Cause they'll at least try it. Yeah. They just get them involved in the process. That means like, Hey, I put some effort into this too. Let me, let me reap the benefits. They're owning it at that point. Now I'm going to tell you another way to get another 25% out of them is to, if they help harvest it, whether it, whether we're talking cucumbers or deer, they're another, you know, 25 to 35. Of course, I'm, I'm making up these statistics, 25 or 35% likely to try it, right? So imagine that. Imagine you've got a kid that's growing a tomato that never would try a tomato out of the grocery store, but they took ownership. They watched it sprout up. They watched it grow. They watched a rabbit take out all of its friends around, them, <laughs> you know, and they, they know that tomato. You're darn right they're going to try it. Uh, and they're going to, they're going to have more of a sense of empathy. They're going to, they're going to have a sense of ownership. They, they're given this job and then you show them how to cook with it. You're giving them lifelong skills, uh, you know, at a very young age. I, I, I cannot, speak highly enough or, or implore people, put your kids to work in the house, especially in a culinary sense. And it is going to reap benefits that we, you can't even see, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, that, that's it's just going to teach lifelong lessons. Absolutely. And, and, and when kids are getting taught stuff in the school systems and they're bringing it home, they're educating the adults in a lot of ways, you know, I mean, that I don't know about North Dakota, but in North Carolina, there's a lot of unhealthy eating habits, you know, and, uh, no, oh, I, there's a few of them around <laughs> here too. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but it, I, I mean, 
my kids might be the only ones at the at the lunch table spitting out buckshot and eating pheasant <laughs> once a year. You know, there's some wild boar going on every now and again, and 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 my six year old does love that. My 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 nine year old would be a vegetarian if it weren't for medium rare hamburgers and bacon. Mm. Uh, you know, those those are tough to pass up. But uh, yeah, get get them involved. Get your spouse involved. Find ways to take the stress out of it, whether it's chopping things that need chopping if you don't trust somebody with a knife. I say trust them with a knife. If not, go with a knife. You know, get get that stuff done easy. Go ahead and pull the plates down. Know what platters things are going to go on. Have the serving spoons out already. And then ask, quote unquote, ask for their help. You know what I mean? Like, just make it enjoyable. And then little by little, they'll start owning it. And that's That's magic. That's absolute magic. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, this has been a great time. You know, like you've got me famished at <laughs> this point. You know, a lot of a lot of great tips, and uh, you know, showing why the Kamado Joe is important. All the different possibilities it can do. Um, do you got one last takeaway for us? Um, I would just say, happy people make happy food. You know. Um, even, even when you're at home, this last year has, has taught me to, to bring the lessons I learned on the road home. And that's have a, have a gracious heart, you know, uh, have brand new eyes. Look, look at things as if you were looking at them for the first time and don't, don't fall into the mundane of day-to-day life. Let food be that transport for you and let grilling take you there. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, cheers, my friend. We're going to, uh, you know, these recipes you talked about, we'll, yep. we'll get them in the description. We'll get, uh, Thank you. you know, your social media and your YouTube. So, you know, people want to learn more, just head to the description of this podcast and uh, learn some new culinary expertise. Can I, can I sign out with my, my catch YouTube phrase? Please do. From our backyard to yours, cheers and happy grilling. Happy grilling. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.